Express yourself through art and show the world your heart. Express yourself through art and show the world your heart. You're in the know with Esther and Larry. Art on the air today. Stay in the know with Larry and Esther. Show the world your heart. Express yourself to art and show the world your heart. Express yourself. And welcome. You're listening to Art on the Air on WVLP 103.1 FM and on Lakeshore Public Radio 89.1 FM. This is our weekly program covering arts and arts events in Valparaiso and throughout Northwest Indiana. I'm Larry Breckner of New Perspectives Photography, right alongside here with Esther Golden of The Nest in Michigan City. Aloha, everyone. We're your hosts for Art on the Air. Our theme music you heard is by Billy Foster with a vocal by Renee Foster. Underwriters for Art on the Air are Valparaiso University's Brower Museum, regional art patron Mary LeVan, and our landlord, Walt Breidinger of Paragon Investments. If you'd like to find out more about leasing space in this historic building, please give Walt a call, 219-462-5821. I'd like to thank them for their generous support. Thanks to Greg Kovach, WVLP's station manager, and Tom Maloney, vice president, radio operations for Lakeshore Public Radio. Art in the Air is supported by an Indiana Arts Commission Arts Project Grant through South Shore Arts and is part of the National Endowment for the Arts. If you're interested in being a guest or sending us information about your arts, arts-related event or exhibit, please email us at artontheairwvlp at gmail.com. That's artontheairwvlp at gmail.com. Our program, along with all of our programs, are streaming live at wvlp.org. Art on the Air is rebroadcast on Monday at 5 p.m. Our shows are carried by Lakeshore Public Radio, 89.1 FM, every Sunday at 7 p.m., and you can hear them at lakeshorepublicradio.org. Our entire show archive can be heard at our website, breck.com slash AOTA. That's breck, B-R-E-C-H dot com slash AOTA. And make sure to like us on our Facebook page, Art on the Air, WVLP. Art on the Air is always looking for financial support. We'd like to thank our current supporters. If you're looking to support Art on the Air and, of course, the WVLP station, we'd be happy to come part of the WVLP family anytime. Esther and I especially would invite you to become an underwriter of this program in particular. We have information on our website at breck.com AOTA. You can find out support information there or at wvlp.org support. So don't just be a WVLP and Art on the Air listener. Become a supporter or underwriter in whatever amount you're able to do so so we continue to bring you this great content and this great local programming. And like I say every week, don't give till it hurts. Give till it feels good. And you'll feel so good about supporting Art on the Air and the whole WVLP family. Join the WVLP family today. And we'd like to welcome to Art in the Air Spotlight, someone who's been with us many times before. Uh, she is also Beverly Shores Museum president uh, there on uh, US-12, but also she's widely traveled, lives and creates uh, things about the Indiana Dunes. She paints using fibers and creates that, and she has a new exhibit coming out. Susie Vance, welcome to Art in the Air Spotlight. Thank you very much, Larry and Esther. It's delightful to be here. It's always Nothing glad to be. have you. So tell us about, you have an exhibit coming up. and uh, I do. So tell us a little about that. That'll be where it is and when it is. It's actually just opened last weekend. It was the opening, but it's going to be running all month. It's at the Marshall J. Center for the Arts in Miller. And it is a delightful location, actually a pretty large gallery. 
And they asked me if I, over a year ago, if I would be willing to exhibit there. And every one of my other exhibits after about February disappeared. And this one, lo and behold, actually, I think is going to happen, which is amazing. And I'm going to have my fiber art, my photography, and my weaving in the show. What does your photography consist of? I, years ago, I started to take morning pictures and put them on Facebook. And people became, I mean, out of the woodwork. I'd walk down the street. Oh, I saw your picture. That was great. Blah, blah, blah. And what I finally started doing was haiku poetry to go with the photography. And last year, I did a piece about what is fondly referred to as the Lagoni Preserve in Beverly Shores. I walked through the preserve. I took pictures and people asked me if I doctored them in any way because they have blue hues. I'll give you an example. These. Um, I didn't adjust the color at all. Anyway, I wrote uh, a haiku poem that Go each each one of the pictures, there are 12, has a haiku poem with it. And they also have a running poetry that runs from the beginning to the end. Do you have the do you have the poem available for the photo you just showed us? Oh, I do. Yeah. Do you I wanna do. we'd love to hear wanna, it? Can we hear it? Uh, sure. You have you got a minute? Sure. Hold on. It's actually the third page of uh, a zine I did. And the um, the running line in the long poem is to witness the forest, and the haiku is quiet, still, silence, being inside and outside. Together we are one. Oh, lovely! Beautiful. I think I actually Thank have you. that uh, uh, zine you gave me some years ago, or a couple of years ago. I so probably did. <laughs> <laughs> so the show's running till when? It's running till the 29th of November, and they're open on Saturdays and Sundays. You can check their hours on the website. Okay. And what do you have planned uh, after this? Anything down after the road? After this, I'm assuming things turned around a little. I have two uh, shows that I was supposed to do in Grand Rapids this year got postponed to next year. I'd like, and, I'd like to ask a question about the exhibit that you have going on. Sure. Which is how far back? What is the um, what is the range in age from the work? Like where does the work, how, you know, what is the the span of time? The work covers about two years worth of work, I think. Great, would be fair to say. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. And briefly, update us a little bit on the depot, as you are the madam president over there. The depot is wonderful, and actually, if we go into next year and this continues, we're going to have a virtual exhibit. We haven't done that yet, although you can see a lot of the museum things on our website, and we are about to um, start. There's a new website coming. It's moments away, and so we're pretty excited about that. And you've been closed all this time, pretty much. I mean, there's it, uh, it's well, hard no, to do. No, not pretty much. We have been closed. Yeah. Uh, what we've had is an open gift shop. And that happened because the 5x5 five five went online. And from that, out of that, grew the gift shop online. 
So it's pretty fun. And you're involved with area artists, too. So there's an exhibit going with them uh, currently. Yes, a virtual exhibit. Carol Estes has done a wonderful job putting us all together. I I think she's a saint because she decided to take it on. (laughs) And she literally has gone to every artist's home who didn't do their own video and done a video of them so that she could put their video and their work on the website. So that's really fabulous. She's a true dynamo. She's amazing. She's as amazing in the, in the field of photography in terms of her energy as Susan Atwell is in fiber. It's just really fun to watch. Well, I think that's about all the time we have, Susie. Uh, it's going to be at the Marshall Gardner Center continuing through November 29th. Uh, Susie Vance's uh, whole exhibit. So if you get a chance, get by there in Miller, uh, right in the little Miller section there. Susie, thank you for being on Art of the Air Spotlight. Mary and Esther, thank you for having me. You're listening to Art on the Air, WVLP 103.1 FM, and on Lakeshore Public Radio 89.1 FM. And now a very special musical treat during the pandemic from Billy and Renee Foster, their new song. Choice. 
like to welcome to Art of the Air, Sarah Sawati Ragnathan. She is a uh, wonderful Vena artist. She's one of the first to win a Chicago Music Award with its 35-year history. Uh, she's also performed on Disney's Jungle Book production, uh, and she also is part of the Logan Foundation. Uh, she brings to this uh, our endeavors of reaching across cultural and global audiences. She learned uh, the Vena, the instrument that she's uh, known for from her mother, and she's also studied extensively. Uh, conti- she continues to endeavor for the sounds to reach uh, 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 original multilingual songs. And so we'd like to welcome her to the show. And she goes by Sarah to make it easier for us. So welcome to Art in the Air. Thank you. First of all, we'd like you to just tell us a little bit about your background, your We'll call it your journey story, how you got from where you were to where you are now. Happy to share that. Thanks for having me on the show, Larry. So the instrument that I play is called Veena. It's an ancient Southern Indian acoustic instrument. So here's how it sounds. I grew up in Mysore. It's a small town in southern India and Bangalore. So people might be more familiar with Bangalore being the software hub of the world. I got initiated into the Veena when I was six years old. My mom at that time, she was like, she had won a small size Veena in a music competition herself. And she thought maybe... I could use that. We are four of us siblings, so each one took up an instrument or some classical art form. That was a norm in those days. So my mom was like, okay, maybe let's put you in the vena. So she got me onto this small instrument. Well, that was a special size that you don't get these days. So it would. I was able to actually hold it on my lap and play the vena. So that's when it all started and... The training continued with several other, with a couple other teachers and my grandmother, Solochana Mahadevan. So my mom is actually from a musical lineage there. Her grandfather was one of the founding fathers of the Gramophone Record Company way back in the early 1900s in Madras, India. So my training started when I was like six, as I mentioned, and then I continued and developed a natural interest. Or the Vina. And in those days, it was not like, at least when I was being brought up, you couldn't say, I don't want to learn this, or I don't want to learn that, I don't want to do this. There's nothing like that. There's no such thought. So your mom says, do this, just do it. That's it. So what instruments did your siblings play? My elder brother plays the violin. My younger brother plays the mridangam. So mridangam is a double-headed drum that's traditionally used along with the Veena. And he and I play a lot of duets, mm-hmm. <laughs> even today, yes. And then my younger sister, she has learned the classical dance, Bharatanatyam, and she can also sing. Your mother also sings very beautifully. You posted um, her Oh, singing. you saw that, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was beautiful. Thanks, Estes, yeah. 
So what what brought you to the states? Well, at that time, my I mean my now ex husband he got a job, so that's how I I had to yeah quit everything that I had there and then move here. That's Where did how, you move? Where did you move? Did you move to Chicago or yeah yeah? So I've been here for about this year is the twentieth year. Is there any other instruments that you play besides the vena? I don't play any other instrument, but it's not hard to play other instruments when you know an instrument. Is is there written music for for the this type of thing, or is this? Uh, I mean, and also I, I think there's what half tones that exist in that kind of music uh, uh, that don't exist in kind of some of the Western music. Is that is that true? Or actually, there's a lot of intricacies in this music. It's not just the note that you hear, for example, let's say, if I take a major scale. So, so this one, so that's just a major scale in plain, plain Western notes. So if I were to color this with raga, then the way it would sound is, that's just these two notes, these three notes, but I can make it sound. So that's how it sounds. So there's a lot of tones in between, half, quarter, eight, seventh, <laughs> everything. The, the raga is so passionate. It just really, it just has so much emotion in it, those notes. I, so the raga, if you want me to explain about that, a raga is technically just a set of notes, but the way we can connect with raga universally is that it brings out, if we allow the sounds of the raga to permeate us, it brings out different types of emotions or feelings. So I feel happy or joyful. Well, that's a universal feeling. You feel happy or joyful. I feel sad. You feel sad. So it's not the feelings that are common across cultures. So that, that's how raga is actually able to relate to anyone. That's how we transcend those seemingly insurmountable boundaries of race, religion, culture, and culture. So that's the true intent of raga is really to enlighten oneself from within so you can actually share that light around with everyone. And different if different ragas are are composed to to target those emotions as well. You know, like you can put on a like a morning raga, let's say, that will start your day, whereas also if there's yeah. anything. So it's just the morning raga, evening raga, afternoon, that's more of a northern Indian classical concept. So this is the original indigenous Carnatic music. It's this is what we call Carnatic music. And uh, if you go back to 6th century BC or 
even earlier, there have been texts that allude to several different ragas that have been used even for uh, therapy, that have been used to use for the well-being of a person. So someone is completely feeling down, there is a raga like Mohanam, or somebody has a stomach ailment and there is a ragam called Maya Marlavagaudam, right? So those are some, those are just very small examples of how the raga has been used and referred to way back several thousands of years ago. And that has evolved over a period of time. And so for example, if I were to let's say I'm gonna play something and you can let me know if there is if there's any word that you can associate with. Can I do that? Yes. Please. And it changed sort of toward the end of it, but there was like a longing. There was um, like a searching or a longing or an inquisition sort of feeling to it. But then it changed toward this in the second part. So that's a good observation. Inquisition, longing, yeah, sort of like something a little bit heavier. Yeah. So let me play something else. See if there is any contrast. Yeah, that was that was more that was much more lighter, joyful, like a celebration, like a start of a celebration. That's great, Estes. Very good observation. So you are an excellent raga interpreter now. <laughs> this is how ragas can communicate. Uh, one observation I've made is uh, I like jazz, and it seemed like in the late 60s, early 70s, a lot of jazz artists who were not being very popular in the United States started embracing some of the instruments like the vena and things like that. I, Maynard Ferguson was one of them that uh, a good bit of his music in the early 70s, he brought the instrument. Yeah, he brought a lot of that instrumentation into his jazz music. It was probably one of the first Westerners to embrace, to learn the vena. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, I'm a fan of John McLaughlin. He has been, I, I love listening to his music and the way he actually pioneered a world music sound mosaic way back then, embracing Carnatic music with Western music. That's what I really liked about the Shakti group. So there was like elements of Southern Indian music with El Shankar and Vinayakram. And then we had Northern Indian tabla and then McLaughlin was there like doing all these improvisations that sounded so, so otherworldly. It was great. 
That's so interesting because, um, and maybe I'm bringing this up too soon, but I, I know that inspiration happens um, and is usually the result of many different things coming together. So I was wondering if there was a moment when um, Sarabi came to your mind then when you started that. And so just what you just related is like one of those one of those things that I'm referring to, but was it, what was the great big moment, if you can remember it? Yeah, yeah, of course I do. So I went through a lot of personal challenges in my life, in my adult life. And then, so this was when I moved into the, moved here to the U.S. So I went through a personal crisis and then I had to, I was in a, I was in a, What's the mildest way to put it? I was in a dysfunctional relationship. So ridden with a lot of conflicts. It was not the best. It's the mildest way I can say. I don't know how else. <laughs> so it was in a, I was in an abusive relationship. So it was the time we were brought up to believe that, you know, once you're in a relationship, then it's actually forever. You can't stay put up with whatever happens. And things like that. So it was... Uh, the type of conditioning at that time. But so there was this moment when I I was carrying my second child. So it was at that time I one of those evenings when I I was really helpless in a very probably one of my lowest moments of my life. And then that was a time I decided, you know, I need to show my children that Life is, doesn't have to be full of conflicts. There is a better life out there. My children need to see what is good, how people can actually get along, how, how conflicts don't have, dysfunctional conflicts don't need to happen. It's just how, it's essentially how our approach is, how receptive we are, and then how we can embrace the world with a more open mind. There's, there's a lot of things out in the world that's beautiful. So I wanted to show it, show that to my children. And then I was like, there is so much problem with people from the same background. Imagine people from different backgrounds. How much more complicated can it be? So I wanted to, so that was sort, sort of a seed for me to go ahead and start this little band. <laughs> that was the time when I started it. I mean, I couple years later I started but that was the moment that inspired me to form a multicultural band something that can relate to people of all cultures and what better way to do that than music and then to get people from different backgrounds so not only are we showcasing music but we are also kind of leading by example saying hey here's a person from Spain, here's a person from Palestine, somebody from Syria, and then someone, someone from Indiana, <laughs> and then someone from India. So we're all coming together, and then we are amalgamating our different cultural backgrounds and traditions. And we are kind of, it's not like each one of us is branching off on our own, we're coming together, and then there is an eclectic sound that comes out of it with our compositions. So that is what we're trying to demonstrate, that message of togetherness, that message of positivity, mm-hmm. saying we want to lead by example. We want to attract people 
under one roof. <laughs> so that's why I came up with that one stage, one music, one community. Less fear, less hate, more love, and live as one family. Those are my hashtags. One question I have is uh, coming from a different country, the United States. Uh, tell me a little bit about the cultural challenges, if there were any, or what you, you know, some comparisons between your uh, two cultures, because I think that'd be very interesting. Yeah, so, well, at a broad level, I mean, in the context of, in general, it's, well, I can, I can talk in the context of music and upbringing. So, the upbringing there, at least not right now, but when I was being brought, so it was uh, more like, I can't believe I'm saying that. <laughs> so, so at that time, it's it's just that you would put your head down and work. You work hard, and you're taught all these values. Work hard and stay positive. My mom, especially, she's a very positive person. Even with several setbacks or challenges, she would always be like, "Look for the good, and you can find it." So that that influenced me greatly. But in terms of like just Eastern and Western cultures. So over there, it's more like someone else, probably, for example, in terms of communication, someone else talks about you. Hey, Sarah is a good Vena player or Sarah is a really good person. Whereas when you come, uh, when you move here, it's nobody's going to really say anything about you. It's I have to find out a way to communicate and articulate about myself. I have to say, hey, I'm a Vena player. I can't just say I'm a Vena artist. I'm also supposed to say how good I am. So <laughs> I have to say I'm a good Vena artist or I can um, communicate through ragas. So I'll have, so in other words, the contrast is that I have to find a way to talk about myself in a positive light. I have to be able to kind of decorate my language to be out there for somebody to even hear me. And then I have to sort of package myself. <laughs> so those are all some of the things that I learned. And then I had to, because I had to start everything from scratch, I had to learn how to do a job interview, how to dress up in the Western way, how to, how to understand some of the local lingo. So I did, it was a steep climb for me. When I started from scratch with my children and zero dollars on my hand, and with a lot of credit because of my student debt, I did my MBA here. So I did my GMAT from scratch. So everything I learned uh, from from scratch. So it was a very different experience for me to learn. It was all mostly self-taught. And then I would walk into these job fairs and before that, I learned about 30-second elevator pitches. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so all of that. So it was um, very contrasting. But what really helped me, though, was the positivity and enthusiasm and my upbringing to stay grounded. Mm-hmm. So no matter what happens, there's always, it's, it can only get better. So that, that helped me. So the grounding from my upbringing and the openness and and uh, the accepting there's something about this place that is really beautiful it's open it's accepting of so many cultures there's so many people from around the world you can't see that anywhere else it's that's what is 
it actually inspired me a lot. This country inspired me. So that part of it. So I got both. I feel like I got the best of both the Eastern and Western cultures that I was able to absorb. We like to say that's beating your own drum in a sense of a musical uh, idiom, because you have to kind of learn to do that. Uh, yeah, you're right. American society, you can't no longer can sit passively by and have someone say, oh, they're very talented. You have to really make a push because there's a lot of other people that are pushing. A lot of times less talented that because they pushed. So, you know what? I'd like to listen to one of your uh, things. I think it's called uh, Refreshing Raga Blues, and we'll play that, and then we'll uh, keep talking after we play a little bit. Tell us a little bit All about right. that before we play that. Okay, yeah. So this was one of the moments when uh, I was playing Veena for a yoga yoga gathering at Millennium Park. So I I collaborate with Carlo Basile. He's another. He's a flamenco guitarist, and we have been playing together for more than ten years. So he and I we were at the Millennium Park, and then as always, while we are doing these yoga gigs, that's when we kind of discover some commonalities. We take that as an opportunity to explore more. So I was telling him, this is one of the ragas that I have. And then I was playing this game. And he goes like, hey, that's that's like our blue scale. And so I kind of, he gave me a groove on the guitar and I started composing the melody. So... That's how I came up with refreshing raga blues, and I called it. It, it was refreshing, <laughs> and that that was a moment. And then I kind of called in many drummers for that. So we have Southern Indian drumming in that Murdangam. We have Kanjira, and uh, we have Northern Indian tabla, and then we have the West African tama drum in there. And then I have a regular uh, Latin. Uh, we have a Latin drum kit. And then there is a cajon. <laughs> so putting all of that, all of those rhythm instruments together, it was a vena and the guitar sounds. Very good. It's a round well, sound. So it's well, very dear to me. It's been played over Radio M. It's been on the top 20 list for a long time. So Tony Sarabia really liked it. PR. Let's take a listen to it. That's a refreshing Raga Blues, Sarasawati Ragnathan, uh, right here on Art of the Air.
That was Refreshing Raga Blues. Uh, Sarah, that was really wonderful. And we're going to continue to listen to it as we uh, talk to you here. So. so I would like to talk more about Sarabi, just a little bit. So how... So what were the first people you, did you put an ad in the reader saying I'm looking for world musicians or how did you connect with with um, everybody? And also the second part to the question would be, and the dance that is with it as well is such a natural part of it. Did that happen all at the same time or did that happen after all the musicians sort of found their place together? Okay, so it's uh, a great question. So what happened in the beginning was, I actually put this, well actually before that, I'm, I'm going to try to remember it. So I was working in the city of Chicago, I was working at LaSalle Bank, ABN Amro Financial Institution. So at that time I met this this girl, her name is Siri Santi. She was actually putting together a project which infused raga and flamenco elements. She's a dancer. She's a Southern Indian dancer. She had just started that project and she was like, I'm looking for a Vena player. And it just happened just like that. She said, I'm looking for a Vena player. And we just met in the restaurant. I still remember it was um, the corner bakery in the corner of LaSalle and Madison. So I still remember that. So she and I met and she was like, this is the project I'm doing. I'd like to do some music. And I was delighted, yes. So I jumped right into it and we did Unraveling Rhythms. That was the show. So that show ran across several, several venues in the Midwest. And after that, I, so through that project, I connected with Carlo Vasili, who's a guitarist. So he and I, we used to get together a lot and we, and then we composed a few songs and then through him I met a couple other musicians so that's how I was like okay so maybe we can just because we all come from different backgrounds yet we're able to connect so it's not just about the music too it's about the spirit of the the energy of the musicians that you're connecting so if they are able to see I just wanted to make sure that they are able to see my intent and vision of putting this so it just all happened naturally like that. So we got the guitarist and then we had the drummer, Joel. And then so I put the very first show of Ensemble of Ragas together. So that was in, I think, 2009. So the first first show with the drummer, Joel, and then Carlo on the guitar, then my brother on Murdangam, and then Ravi Ayer on Gatam. And then Dan, my sister danced, she did Bharatanatyam for it. And then my daughter did the Northern Indian Kathak dance. So it just happened. We rehearsed and we composed and it, it was there. <laughs> and that, that was really, so for the people here, they had not seen anything like that before. They had not seen the Veena being presented in such a different light. And with all of these different flamenco elements, raga elements, a little bit of jazz elements, and then some of the dance. It was, there were a couple of TV stations that actually recorded the show because <laughs> they really loved it. Well, so so that is... encouraged me into presenting our next show. And that's when I officially called it Surabi. Yeah, actually, so... my sister came up with that name. Surabi means it's an unending source of treasure. 
so I would call it spiritual, unending source of spiritual treasure. So it's like the creativity never stops, keeps coming. So that's that was the intent. Well, then, Surabi is a treasure, truly. <laughs> Thank you. And so that's how it all started. So I, I've noticed, you know, depending on what performance, you have a variety of different venas. Do they, what makes you decide which vena to use? So the most commonly used vena is the Saraswati vena. In southern India, this is the vena that is used. And in northern India, it's more like a Rudra vena. So this this has been the instrument that's been used in southern India extensively. So it's not like I had another choice or anything like that. This no, no, I know, but like when you see images, you don't always have that particular vena that you that we're looking at right now when you perform. Sometimes I've seen you perform with um, Oh, it's just the oh, you're talking about the specific instrument yes, I'm holding. Yes, okay, yes. yeah. I have a few venas with me. So this is this is a this is actually a smaller vena that is that helps with lighter traveling. I have a, an older vena that's part it's an ancient, it's kind of an older word. It's about 70 years old, that Vina. So I don't travel around it. I did before and it broke. So I had to repair all of that. And then, so I just keep it for local performances. And sometimes too, the acoustics of the Vina, of that Vina is not really conducive for playing with a band. So it's more a more intimate setting, a sort oh, no. of a sound. Whereas this one can be, with a pickup, the sounds can be amplified a lot more without any problem. And also, it's lighter for travel. Well, traveling so, with the Vena seems like it's traveling with another person. I can't it imagine is. it in the car. <laughs> oh, my God. That travel has evolved so much. So when I was uh, way back in India, it was like I had to. There was no concept of a Vena case or anything. It was just a cloth cover. And my mom would have stitched my name on it in Sanskrit. So I would just carry it in my hand like this all the time. Everywhere I went. And I used to travel in autos, auto rickshaws. And that's why my hand was a shock absorber on the roads, on the streets of India. We would bound <laughs> go up and down on the road. So I had to hold it like this, like dear life. And then the auto would be, would be like so, it's narrow. It's not wide. It doesn't hold the vena. And then. And I didn't own a smaller vena like this. I had a bigger vena. And so just this part, the dragon part, would be out of the auto. And then I had to hold a hand out. So and now I, I think this is a great... And the motorist zooming by saying, hey, watch out, there is a vena here. It seems like the vena could have its own... Um... We need a story of the Vina and its travels with you. Yes, actually. A great, a great graphic novel. Surabhi. Yeah, we went with Surabhi Ensemble. So with a grant from Logan Foundation, I would like to thank the Logan Foundation. I'm the first Vina artist to be granted this $10,000 grant. So I'd like to thank Logan Foundation for our 2019 Surabhi Across the World trip. And of course, the city of Chicago and Carlo Basilio was able to get a hold of a lot of people. But... <laughs> in one of our travels in Hanoi, so the cars, it's, the cars are so small. So we had to hold the vena and stick this part out of the window. So I was reliving some of my Indian memories there. So it was really good. So travel with the vena is something else. 
It's like uh, like cello players and bass players. You know, it's like uh, having an elderly player and hard to get in the car, hard to get out. And I imagine harp players have the same thing. It's a kind of the same thing. <laughs> yeah. And so I got the hard case only a couple years ago for the Vina. So how do you um, how do you begin compositions or original compositions? Do you start by actually playing, or do they start in your head? Is there like a a sound that goes through your mind and then you take it yeah, to the Yeah, it's, it's all of you, what you described as. Oh. <laughs> so sometimes, like I said about the Raga Blues, it's just an inspiration of the moment. It just happens and then I just build it like that. And sometimes it's just some random thing that you hear while you're walking down the street. It's some something random or some incident that inspires. For example, In Search of Serenity, that was more like a contemplative co- uh, composition of mine. This was a time when I was part of a big corporate reorg. It was maybe like 10 years ago. And then I lost my job and so no insurance. <laughs> it was that whole thing. I just sat down and I was like, maybe. I was feeling down and sad and I, I just composed this piece. It just flowed and I called it In Search of Serenity. <laughs> So there are different moments and it just happens. Like I sit down and write notes and methodically compose. Now that doesn't happen. So, so with Sarabi, when you're, when the ensemble is together, um, how much does improvisation play into it? I mean, do you have moments where it's just, um, and maybe yeah. not, yeah, where that just sort of takes over and it, it has a life of its own? <laughs> yes. So we have, uh, we have learned to deal with that part over the years, but improvisation is definitely one of the one of the special aspects of our band because we, of course, there has to be some kind of organized delivery of the song so that there is sanity and we don't go crazy. So there is a structure to the presentation. So we have learned that over the years playing together. So we also do structured presentations, but within those structures, we make room for improvisations too. So it's all not pre-planned. It's it's structured, yes, and there's also free flow of music. So it's a combination of both. It's more organic, natural. One of the things you're re- uh, working on, uh, it's uh, Soul Patrol. Tell us a little about that, and we're going to play that for our audience then. Oh, Soul Patrol. This is another project. So I have a couple other projects going. So this is a project with a singer from Sweden. She has been in the U.S. for a while. She... Yeah, she migrated to the U.S. She lives currently in uh, Arizona. She's a roots and uh, American folk. She's a roots and folk singer. So I met her through another one. I met her through Annie Harris. You probably might have heard of Annie Harris. So, so Sophie and I, we have been working together for the past few months. And this song came up as a result of our collective intent to do something for women folk for women to speak up and no means no so and then empowering sort of our intent to empower women are more to articulate it better it's more about girls who have been bullied but they have not been able to speak up so this is to encourage women to speak up more and not be afraid to do so so this is the lyrics. Uh, Sophie penned the lyrics and I did the music for it. It's the first time a rap and Vina 
So we call it our Raga Roots. I call it Raga Roots. And uh, this specific song is a Raga Rap Soul Patrol song. <laughs> so let's take a listen to Soul Patrol. Telling me that I'm all wrong I'm a mood swinger, a loser, not a winner And I better be writing a happy song He shot the beat, telling me I'm missing In a half-assed funk, who could have thunk? Gutted it neatly, chucked it in the alley Such a lopsided punk He's not Cosmic Shames His name with a crooked core He's a lopsided punk Listen here, you mansplainer, I'm gonna drag you back down the hole, limp it down. This is the soul patrol, not about God or gold. Pro-choice, pro-life, no baby, pro-chainsaw, bitch, please, from the old day of the one. This is how you've used your time. Disgraceful grind, but this cookie do not crumble and it can't be done. Who's the whore, the tramp, a sucker, way out of line? You low-life mansplainer, king of all crime. I'm done with your kinds, of your dog, I'll vape it, limp, I'll date it, one of mine. I go on, shove it, yeah, you shove it, where that sun don't shine. And you cross your legs, bitch, keep them that way, button it up, sit, stay, you've been powered down, tug, zip, switched off, you went too far, you fell. This isn't me too, this is me telling you your mission was aborted, you're not my commander, I'm no lady, painted by your brush, I'm a woman all the way to the gut. Get out of my way now, bully bitch Joe, go to the kitchen, scrub that floor, when you're done, do sweep yourself out the door. Listening to Art on the Air, WVLP 103.1 FM, and on Lakeshore Public Radio 89.1 FM. And that was Soul Patrol and Sarah Sawati Ragnathan. So I wanted to personally thank you for those, um, well, for all your posts during this global pandemic, but especially those first ones where you included recipes and. Yeah. 
and wisdom. They really, really help um, the transition into this time. I just, I, I oh, love thank that. You. You did that. Thank you so thank much. You. Yes, thank you very much. So I believe in the power of healing with ragas. But then, but yes, through ragas, that's how it can be universal. I'm glad you're able to relate to the test. I appreciate it. And I appreciated the recipes too. Yes, those are like age old recipes. They are. What I learned from my family, yes. So are you doing any live performing uh, or right now with uh, COVID 19? You probably shut that down. (laughs) So a couple of things. Well, it was uh, challenging initially, but the city of Chicago has always been very open to several different sounds, several different types of music. So in, I was invited by the city of Chicago to do the Sunday Arts Takeover with the mayor. So that was something that happened. And we also recorded the World Music Festival for Ragas, for um Ragamala, the all-night festival, but they did a shorter version of it, so I was able to be part of that. And then what I'm also excited to share about is we have a newly formed Chicago Immigrant Orchestra led by Farid Haq and Wanis Zerur, and I'm part of that. So we had our first recording, and it was also presented. Yes, it was also presented last month, I think last week of September. So I can give you the links later, probably. It's so I'm very excited about that new project and all the possibilities that it holds. So that again is a reflection of Chicago, the multicultural melting pot that Chicago is and America is. So Chicago Immigrant Orchestra is represented as a slice of that world. So we have like Mongolian throat singing, jazz guitar, and then we have uh, Macaw music from Wanis, and then we have some Northern Indian harmonium. In that, and then we have world percussion, <laughs> yeah, djembe. Yeah. So it's so interesting to be part of that menagerie of cultures. So it's beautiful. So, oh, Sarah, so real quickly, tell us uh, how people can find you on the web uh, with your websites. Okay, so my website is Saraswati Veena. My website is saraswativeena.com. You can also find me on Instagram. My handle is love Saraswati Veena. I'm also on Twitter, but not that active, but World Music on Twitter. I have a YouTube channel, and I'm on Facebook by Sarah Ranganathan. So you can find me everywhere, and you can also write to me, worldmusic at gmail.com, M-U-Z-I-Q. I'm uh, very, very happy to have you on uh, Art in the Air, Sarah Ragnathan. Uh, she's a Vena artist, uh, winner of the Chicago Music Award, uh, based in Chicago, uh, was part of the orchestra for Disney's Jungle Book. Sarah, thank you so much for being on Art on the Air. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Namaste. And we'd like to thank our guest today for being on Art in the Air, which is heard every Friday at 11 a.m., rebroadcast Monday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 7 p.m. on Lakeshore Public Radio 89.1 FM. Your hosts are Larry Breckner and Esther Golden. Thanks again to Greg Kovach, WVLP Station Manager, and Tom Aloney, Vice President, Radio Operations for Lakeshore Public Radio. Underwriters for Art in the Air are Valparaiso University's Brower Museum and Walt Brenninger of Paragon Investments. Also, Mary LeVan is our art patron supporter. Art in the Air is supported by the Indiana Arts Commission Arts Project Grant and the National Endowment for the Arts. If you're interested in being a guest or send us information about your arts, arts-related event, exhibit, please email us at art.com 
on the air, WVLP at gmail.com. That's art on the air, WVLP at gmail.com. See you right here next week, 103.1 FM and 89.1 FM, art on the air. Aloha, everyone. Have a splendid week. Express yourself through art and show the world your heart. Express yourself through art and show the world your heart. You're in the know with Esther and Mary. Art on the air today. Stay in the know with Mary and Esther. Show the world your heart, express yourself to art, and show the